Welcome to the exciting world of the movies. Alright, the movie graveyard. We are ready to uh, bring a close to the 2022-2023 football season. Woo! By talking about one of the greatest football films of all time. Oh, one of the God. most Jeez. important football <laughs> films ever made. Wow. Yeah, for sure. Right up there with uh, <laughs> Brian's song and Necessary Roughness. Varsity but, uh, Blues? Varsity Blues is very lower tier. Nothing beats Varsity Blues. Varsity Blues <laughs> is just a remake of All the Right Moves. You know that. Come on. But yeah, we're talking about the 1990... No, not that 1988... <laughs> Classic Johnny B. Good. See, it was sub- subconsciously you wanted to say Varsity Blues. <laughs> yeah, no, like cheap. That's what happens with cheap knockoffs. They get stuck in your brain, and then you have to. But no, yeah, Johnny B. Good. Like definitely the the most like I'd say probably realistic depiction of football players with Anthony Michael Hall and Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> the most realistic football players you've yeah, ever seen. Yeah, for sure. But uh, but yeah, we're gonna get it rolling. We have it uh, on the original film logo. Uh, this was an Orion film, so the we're prettiest film logo ever. It was that and the TriStar <laughs> logo. I always loved as a kid. Those are like my two favorite. Well, really, New Line Cinema as well. But like, but as far as the opening logos, Orion and uh, TriStar, where the the horse would come out and fly away, grow mm. wings and fly away. Yeah. But yeah, so. We have it, uh, we're looking at the Blu-ray right now. I'm not sure how many releases this has had over the years, but the Orion Pictures release is 34 seconds on the Blu-ray, if you happen to have that, which I bet you don't, because this came out from Olive Pictures, and nobody ever buys Olive Pictures Blu-rays. But uh, anyway, yeah, I'm going to say one, two, three, go, and we're going to get rolling here. Everybody grab remotes, one, two, three, go. Dang, you don't even give them time to grab their remote before you say one, two, three, go. Well, it's a podcast. I mean, they can, they can rewind, they can pause, they can do whatever they need All to do. Right, right. And let's be honest, like, there's some movies, like, if I'm talking about, like, Batman or something, everybody's got a copy of Batman. But if you're talking about Johnny B. Good, nobody has a copy of Johnny B. Good, so. There's no captions? So, yeah, there's no captions, unfortunately. Uh. This, again, this being a cheap-ass Olive Films release, hopefully somebody else will put this out eventually. I'd love to get a 4K of special edition of Johnny B. Good. But yeah, like, this movie is, like, really kind of interesting for it being a... Like, this was, a like, literally a very minor, like, I think it was, like, released in January or February. One of those type movies, or maybe it was, like, spring. But it was, just like, one of those movies that, like, I remember using it as a kid. I went to go see it. But it was just one of those movies that came and went, and, like, nobody ever talked about this movie ever. And they never will. And <laughs> After I saw this, I was like, yeah, this... Yeah. This should go into the vault now. <laughs> yeah. Well, we kind of have a instantly, like within the first 20 seconds here, yeah. we have a reunion of uh, Breakfast Club. And I, I think I think <laughs> oh, that yeah. was like kind of like, you know, intentional, to be honest with you. So we have Anthony Michael Hall as, as uh, Johnny. And then, his, of course, his best buddy, Robert Downey Jr. Wearing his red lipstick. Yeah, with his, his, <laughs> uh, his little uh, Valentine's Day lips he has there. <laughs> But yeah, Paul Gleason, who played the uh, principal, and it's it's kind of interesting because in, in Breakfast Club, Anthony Michael Hall was the geek, and like um, mm-hmm. Emilio Estevez was like the jock. But this time, you know, th- like this is like th- I think three or four years after Breakfast Club, so like mm-hmm. the roles had reversed, and Anthony Michael Hall <laughs> shot up a couple more feet, and you know he's he's filled out and he's ready to play the star quarterback. Um, mm-hmm. 
But, uh, yeah, so, like, this opening speech that was, like, quite the thing here, because it's, like, I mean, it's it's the most, like... some very colorful language. Yeah, the, <laughs> the coach, like, like, I'm trying to remember everything he says, but, like, he's he's pretty much telling me, like, you know, you don't want to be a loser and all this shit, and, like, <laughs> basically just call them all these names, you know? Like, all, the, all the inappropriate words that aren't allowed to be said anymore. <laughs> yeah. And then the coach even punches, like, the water bowl, like, shatters it. That was crazy. Yeah. But, like, it started out, like, dear God, let us play the best game. And then it just evolves in, like, you know, don't, don't, let's not play, like, you know, candy asses and all this shit. And so, like, <laughs> off the bat, you know, this isn't really, like, a serious movie. Which is really interesting, because I feel like this movie would be, like, a little more, you know, like, basically a few, like, maybe five or six years after this, there was a movie with James Conn called The Program, <laughs> which were, like... Like, I feel like this movie is kind of, like, the precursor to that. There she is. Yeah. Uma. The beautiful Uma Thurman introducing her in this film. She was only a model before this, if you can mm-hmm. believe it. And it was, like... It's weird, though, to think that, like, only, like, five or six years later, she was, like, in Pulp Fiction. It's, like, quite the... Dang, uh, really? Yeah, growth. Wow. Um. But, yeah, like, off off the, off the bat here, you know, Robert Downey Jr. is the backup quarterback. Mm-hmm. And, like, he's he's begging to get in the game because it's the last game. But it's also, like, the state championship, which that's, that's like, one of the few t- things i gotta, I got to call this game out. <laughs> is, like, there's, like, really not that many people. Like, the, the stands are, like, full and shit. But, like, for a state championship game, like, first of all, you don't really play that, like, at your home school. You go and you always play that somewhere else. But, um... Well, it depends if you have home uh, advantage. But with state championships, they always do it at a neutral site, and it's, like, it's always so, like, like, both, what do you call it, um, it's pretty much just so more people can come see it, basically, you always have it, like, in a bigger arena, like, ours, like, uh, like, we played in the state championship, and, like, (laughs) we went and played in the, uh, dome where the Colts played. Oh, my gosh. Wow, really? Mm Mm-hmm. Wow. We played our state in, um, NFL stadium, but, um, it always happens, too, in Cincinnati. But I think that's excuse me that might be a Midwest thing because I don't yeah. really remember. I don't. I mean, my school didn't go to anything like that when I was there. But I don't know. I don't really remember anything like that. I thought it was just they just played at one of the schools of whoever was in the championship. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it depends on what division you're in or whatever. Like yeah. maybe if you're like really in a lowly division, you might. Yeah. Because I mean, everybody says like state champions, but there's like. There's, like, 1A, 2A, all the kind of shit, yeah. champions. Yeah. And, like, it was a little nebulous. Like, I kind of didn't pick up at first, but, like, that was Robert Downey Sr. playing the guy who's always taking notes and kind of spying on Johnny. And it's, like, mm-hmm. I didn't really know at first if he was, like, another college coach recruiting him or if he was just... Yeah, but it, you don't really know what's going on with that guy at first. You just see him throughout the whole movie, but you don't really know what he's... I mean, you kind of get an idea after a while. Yeah. But, yeah, you don't... Initially... You don't really know, like, who that guy is. Yeah. Okay, I gotta bring this up. The fact that, like, we're saying all that opening scene had all this inappropriate stuff. Now I'm saying that's why it'll never see the light of day again, probably. Yeah. But, uh, the the visiting team and their Confederate flags on their <laughs> on Yeah, their the, the visiting team has Confederate flags. And some flags. of the players are black. Yeah. <laughs> I just thought that was so, like, weird. Cause, you know, we're so, like exposed to stuff now that's like and you know not appropriate yeah. and all that stuff and um 
uh, whatever, I'm going to say it. There's a lot of woke stuff now, so it's like... Uh, There's a lot of Just everything. seeing that, I was like, yeah, nobody... This this will never see the light of day. <laughs> I mean, they, they never really identify this team they're playing against, but, like, one thing I, I, I do know, um, not so much with the Confederate flag, but there was always, like, a lot of... Like, I mean, like, my school, we were, like, the fucking Trojan, so we were, like, the most generic Roman Trojan thing you could be. But I remember there was a lot of schools back then called, like, the Rebels. Yeah. Like, I mean, obviously the most famous is, like, UNLV running Rebels. Yeah, that's Robert Downey Sr. Really? Um, huh. And, uh, so, like, I was thinking maybe the Confederate flag, like, maybe they were the Rebels or yeah. whatever. Yeah. They, yeah, they never really named the team. No, they just kind of set it up like even johnny's team i'm really not even sure what the mascot is because like, they don't show any mascot character or anything yeah i don't really remember them mentioning it yeah so they did a joke where like um no god they had the cheerleader take off her panties and now they're going to distract the other team because she's going to do all these flips and uh which like really like comes into play <laughs> later on i'll explain it <laughs> but yeah, Johnny pretended to be hurt for a play so Robert Downey Jr. could come in. But then he he's a quarterback, backup quarterback, but then he runs the wrong way. <laughs> and then eventually he does run the right. He's, look how tiny he is amongst the other guys oh, running. No. Like, like I know he's supposed to be big Iron Man and all this shit. <laughs> and he's so, the way he jumped right there, he's so ballet-like. <laughs> yeah, he, he, he runs like a dancer. But yeah, he eventually runs for a touchdown. <laughs> so like, as much as he sucks because he ran the opposite way, he actually is like really great because he, then he ran the whole rest the field like, yeah. it's awesome how like they just trash like the shower room with all the little Gatorade cups everywhere yeah <laughs> which like that side looks like Gatorade but this side looks like apple juice is weird I was gonna say that side looks like pee like I know, first thought I was like did they play a pee. joke on them or something <laughs> it's kind of funny though cause like they even got the uh notice Robert Downey Jr. had the cheerleader in the headlock but they even yeah. let the cheerleaders come <laughs> celebrate and everybody's just in the shower getting wet with their clothes on it's, it's very bizarre. It's a very celebration. 80s. Yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah. But I don't know like like I was just uh, this real quick like I like I was like genuinely excited to go see this. Yeah, here like this is hilarious too. Howard Cosell, <laughs> who unfortunately I guess he was in his older years. He's all shaky and shit, he can barely hold the phone. Mm. But he's uh calling Johnny to congratulate him on playing the greatest uh, high school football game he's ever seen. <laughs> Meanwhile, he's like he's at a country club eating breakfast or some <laughs> shit. Like it's so goofy. And, like, the coach, yeah, he just gets on the phone and, like, totally shits all over Howard Cosell. <laughs> but, oh. I, yeah, he got the Gatorade bath. But uh, I was, like, genuinely... For our listeners that may be out of the country, explain who Howard Cosell is. Howard Cosell, he's he's one of the the most famous sports commentators, I would say, of all time. He's always the guy that talked like this. It's me, Howard Cosell. And we're, like... <laughs> And, like, actually, like, in uh, Better Off Dead, like, the Korean guys who would always drag race uh, Cusack, they would intim- uh, intimidate, they, they would imitate Howard Cosell when they would yeah. do the voiceover on the loudspeaker. This part was so crazy to me. Like, I feel bad, like, I don't know. We'll see as this movie unfolds, but, like, yeah. this stuff that they show, like, is so crazy. Yeah, I mean, this is obviously, like, a very wacky whatever movie, but, like, it's it really is, like, really... Like, you see it, like, now, like, more dramatized in films uh, dealing with, like, college athletes. Like, I would say, like... Yeah, it's like a spoof of, like, a movie like this, but, I mean, the pressure, I'm sure, is the same. Like, yeah. <laughs> like them constantly harassing you about, come to our school, come to our school. Yeah, like, like I almost think this movie would have been... Would have, like, done better or been, like, more remembered if it came out, like, after all the serious ones like uh 
you know, uh, like the program and like Spike Lee's He Got Game is mm. He Got Game is pretty much like the the dramatic version. It's about a basketball player instead of football, but it's the same yeah. shit about him getting recruited at the schools and what they're offering. By the way, I was gonna say, yeah, they are the rebels. I was gonna say, I was wondering if they were doing some kind of homage to Greece and that football game kind of thing, because like the R's on their like jackets and hats and stuff. Oh, yeah. Look looked like, like Ry- the R from Rydell. The Rydell. Yeah. yeah. I never noticed that. Yeah. That was like, I noticed that right away. I was like, oh, is that supposed to be like a little like, you know, ha 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 kind of thing to Greece? So yeah, like, like the, he has to, like, he doesn't really run away. They just lock him behind the gate. Like all the college coaches trying to recruit him. And then we set up that Uma Thurman's his girlfriend, but her dad is like the local cop and like he's all over him and like spying on him and shit. Hates him. But like, yeah, I was like really excited to see this movie when it came out because obviously I was an Anthony Michael Hall fan from the John Hughes movies and Weird Science was like literally one of my favorite movies. I love Weird Science as a kid. And then I also too like like this movie's just an amalgamation of like like uh, well I should say amalgamation but it's it's just a reteaming of a lot of people I like because like in Weird Science Robert Downey Jr. played one of the bullies. Just so common. like it's interesting. Yeah, it's interesting now to see them like he's playing Anthony Michael Hall's best friend and yeah. stuff. And then obviously, like we said, Paul Gleason playing the coach. He was the principal in Breakfast Club. Yeah. So like it kind of like this is one of like the last dying gasps of like some of the Brat Pack type mm-hmm. of you know movie making yeah. of the time. And also too, I was a big fan of um, like after Weird Science or right around the time maybe the year after. Um, SNL got really weird and just started casting actors. So they cast Robert Downey Jr. and Anthony Michael Hall, and I was watching during that time. And they were only on the cast, I think, for a year. <laughs> yeah, like the way they're punching each other. So it's like it's really weird. Like like these guys are young guys. Like I think they're probably still in their early twenties, if that. But they've already think like they already done like movies together, and they've also done a whole season of Saturday Night Live. From at this, point. At this movie, yeah. like. Before this movie? Yeah, I want to say they were on the 85 cast. Wow. And this this came out in 88, so this is like, they've known each other for a long time at this point. <laughs> this is so weird. Yeah. Look at the dog, he's looking right into the camera, it's so funny. He's like, who are you people? Get out of my house. <laughs> so this is where it gets really wacky. Like, we see the coach's home life. He's married to a young Jennifer Telly. It was like always one of my favorite actresses because she's always like so wacky, but she's like pretending to be a waitress in their own house. Like it's very bizarre. No, she is a waitress. <laughs> right, but she's like carrying trays of shit around like in her well, maybe house. Because she's serving her husband. But no, she like watch. She'll she'll take she'll get the drinks and she'll go in the other room, but like nobody else is there. That's what's weird about it. Because that's how she's serving her husband. It's an old timey house. It is. And uh, did you notice all the Elvis figurines they have there on the wall? No. They got young Elvis. Like, they have a picture of the dog. Yeah. <laughs> like, they have these little chihuahuas that they oh, let, yeah. uh, let crawl all over all the furniture. See, like, where is she going with that drink? To the kitchen. But, um... See, we can't tell because there's no captions. Yeah, there's no captions. <laughs> but, no, but it, it's like, he, he always sings uh, Bobby Darren. I think it's Jack the Knife. Yeah. And he, like, he's Mac like... Jack the Knife. He's like... Uh, Mac the Knife, yeah. He's like, uh... He's like a super like lounge like uh, leisure suit guy. Like he, when he gets dressed up in this movie, he always wears leisure suits. So yeah, she like during that exchange. Sometime he asks her like, "Oh, what when are you? What time are you going to work?" And she says, "After I serve you dinner." Yeah. So she has a waitress job. So this is the great Seymour Cassell. He plays the president of uh, Piermont University. I think it is. Maybe it's Piedmont. And like, yeah, he's he's basically trying to work a backdoor deal. 
to get Johnny to come be the quarterback there. And it's like the only, you know, like the deal of it is like he'll let the high school coach come be the college coach. And then it's like he's trying to work a deal for both him for himself too. Yeah, because he's telling him like, "Hey, John will go wherever I tell him to go." You know, that time on the table looks so drugged out. He's like, he does. He's all like ready to follow. Looks like they give him Benadryls and shit. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like he even tells Jennifer Tilly, "Hey, you know, like make some more dinner, you know, for, for our friend, or whatever." Like, and she's like, "Oh, but we don't have that many salmon patties." Mm. And they, He's like, it's a special occasion. Break out the fish sticks. <laughs> yeah. I was just like, oh my god. I thought that was funny. See, you see all the Elvis uh, yeah. figurines. Mm-hmm. And then, like over on the other side, it looked like there was one where he was like in the '68 comeback special. Yeah, I saw that one. But yeah, it's, it's just really like wacky though, because like you could have totally like changed this, like or actually not even really changed the script. Like you could just play this more serious and made this movie like a straight drama. But it's like a really like wacky comedy, and it's like I don't know. Like I, I thought sometimes it kind of was like I towards mean, the end, not yeah. like really serious, but like I didn't think it was all like comedy, like silly. A lot of the time, like I mean, the guy legit wants a promotion. <laughs> yeah. So he's trying to be as dastardly as possible to get it. Yeah. And it's it's kind of funny though because it's like, um, Robert Downey Jr. like. I swear it seems like he had, like, no lines in the script and they just let him <laughs> improvise everything. Cause, like, that's how this exchange looks, like, the way they're talking to each other. Yeah, they're just driving around a car. And, like, that's another thing, too. Like, this is a movie that fully, like, enforces it. It's, like, just about every, like, like high school, like, wacky teen comedy back then, like, everybody drove a convertible. Like, <laughs> like when you're a kid and you're watching movies and stuff, like, you you just think convertibles are so, like, more common than they actually are. It's weird. <laughs> But like, do you think I, that had anything to do with like, it was easier to film? Yeah, I, th- I think it's just easier to like, I don't know, like the lighting stays more uniform. Yeah. Whereas like, if you're in a covered car, like you know, it, it, dang. Like, <laughs> yeah, he had to zoom past all the. I thought it was funny too that there was like a guy from the military trying to get him to come. <laughs> Like, I'm sure he's trying hey, to get Hey, they him. got a football team, too. I know. Which I've never understood that, like, ever. Like, the Army and Navy football teams. Like, <laughs> like I don't really get, like, where they get the guys from or if the guys are really soldiers themselves or what. Yes, they are. They have to be. But, yeah. Like, they have all these guys just, you know, they're representing this school and that school. And it's, like, it's kind of funny because, like... I think it's the guys that are, like, in the academies. Yeah. I mean that's what it is, but it's like well, they're not liter- they're not actually active soldiers. Yeah, like they're in the schooling part of it. Yeah. But like everybody like every college coach has like a uh, what do you call it like a plaid sports coat that's color coded to the, like I guess their school's <laughs> colors. I thought that was kind of funny. Mhm. Robert Downey Jr has this band-aid on his neck for no reason. Maybe he cut himself shaving. Yeah, I mean. But here we see this guy, he's trying to convince uh convince him to convince his friend to uh, go to their, to his school. Yeah, he's saying we got a buddy program, so if you can get Johnny to come, you can come too. Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah, it's, it's like... Oh, my God. <laughs> it's like, this part of the movie is, like, really weird. Like, really, like, the next, probably, like, 15 minutes of it. They're like just, like, standing outside his house, yelling into his house. Yeah, they're almost, like, paparazzi <laughs> or some shit. Like, every time he comes out, they jump up, start oh screaming. He's just standing there looking in, like, oh, they're... That was weird. Yeah, we introduced the family. Like, there's really no dad. I, I don't think I don't know if they ever like mentioned if he died or he's just gone or what. But there's like the mom, 
the little sister, little brother, and the grandpa. Mm-hmm. It's pretty much his family. And, like, it gets real rambunctious here in a second, but, like, I thought this was, like, actually a good scene because, like, how he tells his mom, like, you know, I'm going to make enough money, you know, that, you know, you won't have to work anymore. Like, I think it was cool that they showed that he was, like, a kind-hearted kid, you know? I thought this part was weird, though, because, like... I mean, I don't, I'm, I don't know anything about that whole process, but like, I think it's funny that he thinks he's gonna get all this money from a college deal. <laughs> like, it's not like he's trying to get into the pros. Yeah, but I mean, it's it's the I think the thing is, and this movie in itself was like my first kind of exposure to the corruption of the NCAA. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, there there was a lot of like high profile in the eighties. I think SMU is kind of the most famous one, uh, and they got what was called the death penalty. Jeez. But, uh, yeah, like, there's just, like, the 80s was kind of, like, the decade, and it got worse in the 90s, too, to be honest with you, but the 80s was really the thing of, like, kind of the naivety started wearing off of, like, how, like, pretty much, like, all the kids, like, you know, the top kids get bribed and get, and get money handed on their table. Usually, like, from the donors and shit, and the school looks the other way. No. That's kind of, like, the text guy. Like, he's not really officiated, um, um, like, officially associated with the university. Yeah. But, like, he's just there, like, bringing in all the players. It's kind of like that thing. Yeah. So, like, yeah, like, because, like, that's usually, generally, like... Like, there have been some cases where they bought kids' uh, families' houses and shit, but a lot of times it's it's more like, like, they get the mom a job, or they get them, like, a place here or there or something, or a car or something, like, whatever they need. So, like, yeah, like, I think Johnny was just, like, kind of looking that way, because, like, you know, like, he's he's kind of already, like, there's really no moment, like, once he starts talking to the schools and they're, they're kind of, like, bringing out all the shit that they're going to give him, like, there's really no moment where he's, like, naive and he's like, oh, what, like, he, he kind of goes into the recruiting process with his hand out, you know? Yeah. And, like, I think that's what the guys, like, outside, like, they're not, like, this, they're not really, like, the big dollar ones, like, they'll just promise him, like, oh, you know, we'll give you this or this, or maybe you'll just come here and get a great education, but, like, I think that's why he's really not taking them seriously, it's like, they're not really, like... Do you remember those characters on the cuff? Yeah, they're like little kind of like I don't know what you. They call were just them. like little circles, and they all had like they were like Mister Happy, Miss Sad, or something like. And they had like those noses. They were and all shit. named after emotions. They were the original. Uh, Inside out. Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah, when he plays drums in his bedroom, it's like uh, there's the picture of Charlie Chaplin behind it, which like again, <laughs> it's weird that like Robert Downey Jr. in this movie is like. <laughs> A no, like literally a nobody. Like he's not, he's like he's not even close to being the lead of this goofball movie. And then just like three or four years later, he made the Chaplin movie and got the Academy Award nomination. And he's doing a scene at a table, making funny faces and yeah. doing funny things. Yeah, <laughs> talk about predicting the future. Yeah, but the movie's like this part of the movie is like a little weird because like it's a short movie. Like I want to say it's like only like eighty six minutes. But it really wastes a lot of time in the beginning. And, like, I'll get to some things here pretty quick that are just kind of interesting about that. But, like, yeah, like, at first you kind of, like, don't really know where the the movie's going. Like, this is just literally a montage of him playing drums and watching football on TV. I kind of just took it in that that's how he was, like, imagining himself and just learning from the greats. Like, how to you know, be a better football player. It looked like specifically he was looking at uh, highlights of John Elway, which, like, he very much is in that mold of, like, a young John Elway in this movie. Mm. 
But yeah, here, here's we get some wacky things. They go to the Ugh, so Uma's yeah. house, and Robert Downey Jr. steps in the biggest pile of dog shit yeah. ever. And um, I thought it was interesting though that that it was like already like culturally whatever that they have the little lawn jockey guy, yeah. but theirs is actually painted white. <laughs> Like, I actually remember that time, like, when, like, a lot of people had those on their lawn, and, like, they were originally, like, all painted, like, black guys, and then eventually they were painted white, white guys, and eventually you just never saw them ever again. <laughs> I always thought they were cool, but I never really, like, I didn't even, I wasn't even really aware that they were, like, a jo- what a jockey was at the time when I was a kid, but it was just, like, weird that they, not everybody, but you would see them around town, people would have them in their yards. Did she always have that lisp like that? Who? That actor. She had it like so. The one that played the mom or whatever? The one that opened the door, yeah. Well, well, yeah, like. I I know she's been in other stuff, alright? I I recognize her. I don't know. I don't really know who she is. But there's like some weird shit where where she's looking out the window later. Like, then she has like some weird spot on her nose. Like, it's just. Yeah, I saw that. I noticed that too. Like, it's it's almost like there's like some shit cut out of this, but like, I'll get to that in a second. But like, so basically, it's like, yeah, he's showing up. He wants to take Uma out on a date. And of course, he brought his best friend, but um, <laughs> he wants to take him on a date. But like the the oh uh, the cop dad shows up, and he's like, "You guys got to play us in football." And like they they have this slobby guy, this fat guy, that somebody you know, they arrested. Yeah, somebody they arrested. They make him play in the football game, and then like here we just get like again like more high hilarity hijinks. But of course, because Johnny's too good at football, they got to handcuff one hand behind his back. <laughs> And it's like the whole neighborhood comes. Ugh, all of a sudden, the whole, yeah, they rub the dog shit all over the football, which I don't understand because like they throw it to the guys, and of course they grab it, and dog shit gets all over their clothes or whatever. But every, well, not just that, but like it gets on his shirt, yeah. and then later on he's gonna like tackle into him. Yeah, like, Johnny's gonna they rub all over him. each other, so everybody's getting the dog shit all yeah. over themselves. Like it's just where. You're like, why does she have, like, a red slot on her nose? I don't know. I saw that, too, though. I'm like, was there a scene they cut out or what? Mm -hmm. And then, like, the dad, like, I don't know why he has those weird scratches on his face, either. Yeah, Yeah, like, Johnny just went, like, almost hair first into the dog shit. Yeah, Yeah. I was just like, That was smeared all over his chest. gross. But, like, again, like, this is, like, really, like, this, the the last scene that's just, like, pure hijinks. (laughs) And, like, you kind of don't know really where the movie's going at this point. (laughs) But, like, yeah, they, they obviously beat him. I like it, too. They, they let the guy who got arrested, they let him go. He runs away. <laughs> and they're like, oh, he's got the football. That's a $20 football. I was like, but you smeared dog shit all over. Like, I wouldn't even want that back. Yeah. Like, cop jumps through the windshield of the patrol car. Yeah. This is a strange. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 weird. It, it almost feels like it's, like, uh, some of these beginning parts of the movie, it almost feels like it's, like, uh like filler just to get the film to like a feature length wrong time it seems like there might have been a scene that they had with the girl's dad at one point that they probably just cut out to like, yeah. introduce who he was yeah aside from just that scene earlier <laughs> yeah but uh coming up after this is like finally we start getting back to like the main plot so okay this is the thing I, <laughs> here's your favorite part this is the yeah it's my favorite part of the movie and, and this kind of actually explains a lot so like they go to the drive-in him and uma are like on the swing set robert downey senior is is watching the movie in his car and he's like this movie blows so like what this actually is is i had to do some research i was like why is this movie so weird like there's this guy and this girl in this park 
and he's it's singing. Yeah, he's singing about we were we were at the football game. You flash me your beaver, and I'll never be the same. Is that what he says? Yeah, that's what he says. Oh my god! And then she, that. yeah, and then she says, "You gave me a dry hump behind the hot dog stand." And then I, and I forget what she said over that, but it's like, it's, it's like I'm like, is this a real movie? I it's, totally it's like didn't so notice bad. that they said that. <laughs> yeah, and like it just it's so bad, and it's like Robert Downey Sr. goes this. He's like he's taking notes in his tape recorder. Says so like this movie's shit. Well, it turns out, I did some research, it turns out that movie is actually uh, an excerpt from the film Putney Swope, which I always only knew, really only knew about that uh, from the Beastie Boys mentioning a couple songs, but uh, it's actually a movie in the early 70s that Robert Downey Sr. directed, and, it, and it's uh, apparently it's a satire about the world of advertising and marketing, <laughs> and uh, the movie is actually in black and white, but it's like one of those things where like, when they show the commercials that they make, mm. the commercials are in color. And that's one of the commercials. And I, I watched the full thing, and then the guy starts singing, like, I used to have pimples, but now they are gone. Oh, my God. And, like, it's it's for, like, this fake acne medication called Face Off, which I thought was funny. But it's, like, but it was another, like, weird layer besides, obviously, the in-joke of having Robert Downey Sr. say how bad it sucks and stuff. Mm. And when it's his movie playing the drive-in, is like the director of this film. This is the mo- only movie that that I could find that he directed, but he was actually a uh, uh, Academy Award-winning editor. He he edited mm-hmm. like The Exorcist and Flashdance and stuff. But he he actually the first movie he's credited as editing was Putney Swoop. So <laughs> it's kind of interesting that like him and like Downey Senior like hook back up all these yeah. years later. When he's finally making a movie, directing his first and I guess only movie, and then it's like, and then it's even weirder that like Downey Jr.'s in it as well. So it's like almost like this weird family affair. This is the scene where I discover Anthony Michael Hall's tiny, tiny ears. Yeah, he, he, he tugs on his ear, and like you notice how small his ears are. But yeah, like like even the high school coach, he's at the game. It's tell him like, hey, you know, you're going to go to Piermont, right? Uh, it might be Piedmont. I can't remember. And he said, I got a ticket, a plane ticket for you and all that. So, like, he's setting up the whole deal. He's going to broker. He's going to take John to this, the college and sign all the paperwork and shit. And John's like, yes, I'll be there. Yeah, it's so obvious he's not really going to show up there. <laughs> but, like, the coach is such a such a dumbass in this film that, he, of course, he believes him. He thinks that, the coach thinks that he likes him, that Johnny likes him, but Johnny thinks he's lame. Because he is, yeah. But, like, um, I guess, I don't know. Let's talk about Uma's, like, terrible character in this movie. <laughs> Jeez. Like, pretty much Johnny's only in love with her because she's so beautiful, and she I is. I thought you were going to say, let's talk about her terrible teeth. Yeah, like, you notice her teeth. I didn't really notice her. Like, I, I don't even really know what the problem is with her teeth in this movie. Are they just not straightened, or, like. There's just, like, kind of one on her left side that looks kind of snaggly toothed a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> But she has, like, a lot of teeth, so, like, it's really obvious. Yeah. But, um, yeah, here's the end of the, uh, the face-off commercial. Which, like, they really kind of stretch it out in here to make it seem longer than it really was. But, um, but, yeah, it's just, like, she pretty much Johnny's in love with her just because she's beautiful. And then, like, um, like, I don't know, like, like, you can tell she's kind of wary about, like, what's to come. Because, like... You know, she's like, but we're supposed to go to state university together so we could stay together and stuff. So she's kind of worried about, like, losing him. And, like, when he comes back from his first recruiting trip, like, she kind of, like, jerks out on him. Like, I kind of don't even... 
Yeah, I, that was the only part that I didn't that I thought she was kind of weird, but <clears throat> I don't know why she assumes he's like doing anything inappropriate. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, here we go. They're at like it looks like a private airport, and then old tech shows up uh, with the uh, like. I want to say this is uh, forgetting the name of school. I think it's TCU is what this is modeled off of. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's just a generic Texas university and their mascot, is the, their mascot is the horny toads. And then old Tex is kind of like, he's kind of like the, the prime, like, I don't know what you call that. Um, I'm blanking on the name, the prime, like the big donor who always pays to get the all booster. the, the booster. Yeah. He always comes to get the kids and like shows up in a jet which has like giant horny toad spikes <laughs> all over it and horns and shit and like yeah that was I thought it was funny that this this like private airplane like the liquor cabinet is on the door when yeah. it swings open I thought that was interesting I wonder if that plane actually flies because <laughs> they never show it flying yeah I think that they had to take that shit off like I don't think you could really fly with that shit on there I think the wind would tear that shit off however they put it on the <laughs> yeah. plane because you see it just going down the runway and you never see it flying yeah. like that but um but yeah like uh i'm blanking on the actor's name now <clears throat> but the guy who plays tex he's like the first because uh piermont piermont that's what it is um and again we're just hijinks of the coach showing up at the school being rude to this lady <laughs> but uh yeah he's like the first of uh i think three actors uh, or no, actually, he's the second of uh, three actors who are in uh, William Freakins to live and die in L.A. First, we have Downey Senior, who was had a small part in it, and then the guy who plays Old Tex. He plays um, the old partner who gets blown away at the beginning, and then later John Panko uh, plays the young a young uh, cop or FBI agent it, is in it. So like, yeah, there's like there's so many like weird like movie connections in this one movie. <laughs> I had never heard of this movie like before you we watched it. Yeah, I'd never heard of it. I mean, obviously the name is very common, but um, I yeah, I'd never heard of this movie before. Yeah, I was gonna say like it's weird because like I couldn't find uh like what the budget was of this. Like it's one of those weird movies too. It's like some parts of this movie look really expensive and other parts like look really cheap. Honestly. So you can't really get a real feel of what the budget is, but there's like a ton of like recognizable actors in it. Some good uh, celebrity cameos from football and shit. But um, yeah, like it was listed as being a flop for only making 18 million, and I'm kind of like, <laughs> I know that's not like a huge hit even by 80s standards, but I was like, that seems about appropriate for what a movie like this would do, you know? Mm. This seems like kind of like a disposable movie that would come out and go. Yeah, and then the limousine also has the horny toad <laughs> spikes say. all over it. Yeah, I like that they were listening to mariachi music. Yeah, like, <laughs> they go to Old Texas Mansion, and they got, like... I mean, th- this is, like, one of the scenes in the movie that seems like, an, uh, you know, a big uh, budget kind of scene, whatever. <laughs> Did you see that, how he almost fell? Yeah. I wonder if that was on purpose. When I first watched it, like, I kind of thought it was on purpose, but, like, <laughs> that time I kind of couldn't really tell. But, uh, yeah, they got a mariachi band playing. There's, like, hundreds of people. And, like, later there's, like, a separate kind of concert going on, too, in the grass. But, like, that that buffet by the the pool, like, it's just, like, it's so long. There's, like, so much food and so many people there and shit. Like, I could see this, actually. Yeah, and then they start drinking margaritas. 
And, uh, yeah, like, I mean, it's a very stereotypical Texas thing. I couldn't tell what he did to her. Did he grab her butt? I don't think he grabbed her butt. I think he just, like, kind of, like, touched her on the elbow. Yeah, Yeah, like, on the back, yeah. I thought that was weird that she slapped him. And here's, like, one of the guys, I guess, is, like, already on the team there. And, like, they call him, like, uh, dog shit breath or whatever it is. Uh, I think it was one of the recruits because when he introduces them, he says these are the top five recruits in the country. Okay. So he's just hosting a bunch of guys. Yeah, they bring up all the guys. I forget all their names, but like they kind of have like a, uh, yeah, you know, they have like a Mexican Samoan guy. They have. Um, <laughs> yeah, I thought that was weird. <laughs> of course, you got a, a, a black football player, and then um, just a big, like a big, burly, beefy white guy, and then like I think the other guy's supposed to be like Italian or something. Hmm. But yeah, and then Johnny's with them, so you know they're. They're all kind of whining and dining them, assuming <laughs> that, uh, you know, these guys are all going to come with them to uh, the Texas school. Mm-hmm. They're all singing the song. <laughs> yeah, they start singing the school song and shit. It's just very silly. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, like, like, I don't, like, I don't know. It's like, it's, it's just kind of weird, too, because, like, usually, like, you see these movies, like, they don't really, like, go to this much length. They just basically show a bag of money being exchanged or something. But, like, this movie, like, it really, like... I guess it being a satire and everything. Like, it really goes to great lengths to, like, showing all this weird shit going on. Yeah, because the guy tells him, This is all for you. This is all yours. This is all for you. Like, he keeps telling him that. Yeah. And then I thought this was going to end up being, like, more of a trouble thing than it was. <laughs> but this is the first thing we see, uh... Texas wife, I and Johnny... And like she even like to, oh, oh we got to talk about this joke right here. Though. Okay, like, but wait, this guacamole! Oh my gosh, it is so gross looking. Like, it, why is it so light colored? It's like I think it's like spinach dip. Oh. I don't even think it's really guacamole. I know it's supposed to be guacamole. There's a lady there making tortillas. I do want to try those tortillas. Though. <laughs> yeah, she, it looks it like she's making them on like jump. a little stone fire thing. It looks like she's uh, making the actual chips. Yeah, but but we get we got to talk about this. Like, there's this like. <laughs> You know, <laughs> hat filled with chips and with dips on it's top. A man. It yeah, and you think it's like just a bowl laying on a table, <laughs> but it's it's actually a dwarf is walking around with his hat on, and oh people are God. pulling the chips out of his hat and dipping them and eating them. Yep. It's like pretty. It's pretty funny. And like Johnny knows him. He even comes up, says <laughs> to him, he says, "Hey," and they give a high five and he goes, starts walking with them, talking with Look him. Look at this fake ass whatever that's supposed to be. That was like some Ronto's Roasters <laughs> type of shit meat. Like it was just like it looks so nasty. But look at that guy back there. He's like he's like rubbing like a mop on it. Oh, it's actually Tex. He's, like, rubbing, like, a mop on it. Like, I guess it's supposed to be, like, he's putting, like, barbecue sauce on it. But it's, like, totally, like, a fake, like... I don't even get what it's supposed to be, though. I think it's just supposed to be, like, the, you know, with the the head and legs cut off a cow. Like, I think it's just supposed to be, like, a giant thing. Weird. Yeah. And I don't know the lady who plays Tex's wife. I didn't really recognize her from anything. But, um, yeah, like, I don't know. This is kind of, like... She actually goes and tells Johnny that she's she bangs a you know a, a player in every class every year or whatever. <laughs> what? She doesn't say that. She did say that at the beginning. Yeah. What? She says, "I bag a player in every class." That's what she said. Is that what that means? I mean, what else would it mean? I mean <laughs> but um, 
And, like, you know, Johnny's drunk. He's been drinking the margaritas all day. And she's like, oh, you want to go see the campus? He's like, oh, sure. Because, like, he's just at a mansion. He hasn't even seen the school yet. Like, this he, is... And he's asking, like, where's the campus? Yeah, like, he... That's the thing about his character that, like, why I say, like, it's not all comedy is, like, he does try to, like, actually go and do what he's, like, he thought he was going to do. Like, yeah. He thought he was going to see the campus, so, like, he asks Tex, like, a couple of times, like, so, where's the campus? Like, like so it's, like, kind of weird, because it's, like, I didn't really, how you said, like, he kind of started visiting the schools with his handout. I didn't really get that he was like that until later on, when he started seeing, like, what other, what some of the schools were offering. Mm-hmm. I kind of saw him, like, he was just, like, a good kid, and, like... You know, he would just go and have fun. But I never really felt like he was, like, expecting anything necessarily. And, like, I think for, like, you know, the ending of the movie, like, it kind of, like, endeared me to him because he kind of got lost in the, in all of the, uh, you know, the pageantry of everything they were doing for him when he wasn't really like that at the beginning, you know? So, like... I think there's some sentimentality in this movie for it being as silly as it is. No, yeah, I mean it's a really good movie, and like, like when I, when we kind of rewatched it, like I like I had seen it on TV a couple years ago, so I, it wasn't like I'd never saw it since it originally came out. Like I kind of remember like a good chunk of it, but I didn't remember the first half of being as silly as it kind of was. But um, yeah, of course she immediately starts stripping down <laughs> to all this lingerie and shit. And, like, they're on, like, this giant, like, light-up star that's on the middle of the football field. Yeah, pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. And, um... But, like, yeah, like, I think the thing that's, like, kind of, like, feels weird about the movie to me is there's, like, maybe it was, like, budgetary problem or something, but, like, there's, like, that kind of whole beginning chunk of the movie where it's just kind of just dicking around. Like, like, it does, it, like, the, a lot of that shit, it's not even, it's really just, like, Porky's-type shit. Yeah. Like, hijinks that, like, you really, it doesn't really have to do with a football story. And then, like, he's supposed to go to the, go to Piermont for whatever, but then, obviously, he doesn't go there. And then he goes to the Texas school, and later he'll go to the, the USC-type school. And it's just, like, if, it really felt like it needed, like, a third school. Like, I don't know. See, like, this part to me, like, he's trying to get away from her. It's like, he doesn't, he doesn't want to, like, mess around with her, you know? So, like... Yeah. I don't know. Like, I kind of felt like, at first, he was, like, a good, not a perfect, good, innocent kid, but he was a good kid, you know? Like, he was just living it up on the shit they were offering him, but... I mean, yeah, overall, like, I didn't feel like he wanted to be cheating on his girlfriend or anything. No, that, yeah, that's the main thing, is he never really, like, wanted to cheat on Uma. Like, whenever they, they're like, oh, all these girls, and they line up all these girls and shit. Like, he was never, like, really that, like, yeah, into it or yeah. anything. So I have a question, because yeah. one of the things I said to you when <laughs> we were watching some of these scenes was, like, I was telling you that you needed to have more guy friends so you could do these podcasts yeah. with. Because there's, like, so much, like, TNA in a lot of these 80s movies. Yeah. So that lady, like, is she, like... To me, she just looks like a skinny stick of a woman. Like, she doesn't have, like, she's not... She wasn't... I don't know. She didn't really look like much to me. Was she supposed to be... Like, is she hot to you? He, like, would you consider her to be hot? Like, I mean, she supposed to be hot? I mean, well, yeah. I mean, I mean... <laughs> or was it, like, a situation where 
Do you think his character was like, oh, you're an old lady. I don't want, I don't want none of you. Like, (laughs) yeah, she really. I mean, compared to like, obviously, like Tex had a younger wife and everything. See, because like these girls, I can see. Yeah. Like even though they don't, I don't remember. I don't think a lot of them didn't really have like big boobs or anything. But I can see they're shapely, you know. But obviously they're athletic because they have a lot of muscle too. But they're dancer. They have dancer bodies. But like. Yeah, like, but that lady, I was kind of like, was he saying no because you're old, or is he saying no? I just because I'm not like that. I don't. I, I think it was a mixture of things. I don't think it was because she was like old or unattractive. <laughs> I think it was a he didn't want to cheat on Uma, and b yeah. he didn't want to get in trouble, like messing around with Texas wife or yeah. whatever, like in case he would have went to school there. You know yeah. what I mean? But yeah, like here, him and the other recruits, like afterwards, like. And again, Tex is like, that's my wife down there with yeah. him. And, like, Johnny's running away with his, you know, trying to get his clothes back on. He's, like, half naked. Because, like, yeah. she was really just, like, tearing his clothes off and doing shit. He wasn't really doing anything to her. But it's like, yeah, like, I expected more fallout after that. Like, I thought, like, Tex would, like... Get mad. Yeah, try him. to shoot him or something. I thought some shit would happen. See, like, this scene. Like, this scene was, like, it got pretty serious, I think. Yeah, like, I really like this scene. And, like... I don't know this guy's name, but this guy was in so many movies back then. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they go just to buy a bunch of beer at this gas station, and this kind of big burly guy comes out and he's limping and stuff. And uh, he's asking like, you know, you're a football player, you going to go to Texas and all that? And he's mm-hmm. like, yeah, I'm thinking about it. And he's like, yeah. He's like, I was going to. He's like, but uh, you know, I hurt my leg and Look they pull. Eyes. I know. He's like, so he's like such a nice guy too. Yeah. But he's like, yeah, I was a football player and. Um, you know, I hurt my leg, and I was going to be All-American, but I hurt my leg, so they pulled my scholarship. He's like, but it's okay, because, you know, Tex got me this job working at this gas station. Yeah. And, and like, like, I mean, anybody could have got that job. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's not like, you know what I mean? Like, he's just working at a gas well, station. Well, and that's what, that's what Johnny is seeing, too. He's like, oh, like, he's thankful that he has this job, you know? Yeah. Like, so it's like, see, it's like he's realizing, like, damn, like, my career could be over in a second. Yeah. Maybe that's why he got, like, how you're saying he was started holding his hand out. Yeah, he's so like, speak. get it while you can. Yeah, because he realized, like, damn, if I get hurt, I ain't gonna have any money. Like, maybe he yeah. thinks, maybe that's, oh, God, that's his part. Yeah, oh. this guy, there's a vending machine <laughs> that sells bait, and this guy takes a minnow out and eats it. He had to have really eaten it, right? It looks like Because, like, yeah. where did it go? I mean, yeah. I guess he could have thrown it behind his head, and we just couldn't tell, but still. Like, uh, I think it went in his mouth. Ugh, that's nasty. I'm sure he spit it out. I'm sure he didn't really, like, chew but it But he started anything. talking afterwards. Yeah. Oh my god. See, and like he's still yeah. looking at him. Johnny looks back and waves at him. Yeah. Yeah, like I thought that, that was, was so a good sad. scene. <laughs> Makes me cry. <laughs> yeah, it was a good scene. <laughs> I was hoping that they would like go back to it or something, or he would like go back over there and I don't know, do something for him or something. I don't yeah. know. Because it was such like a a meaningful moment, I would think. Yeah. Now he's all cowboyed out. Yeah, like, every, every whenever he goes on a trip and comes back, he kind of, <laughs> like, whatever shit they give him, like, all of a sudden he dresses up, like, in the area he was at. <laughs> and then, like, I like this scene, too, how subtle it is, is the grandpa. He makes these terrible plastic fishing lures. Mm-hmm. And he says, like, some guy called and gave him an order for 10000 and, like, he's all excited, and, like, Johnny tries to be like, oh, that's great, and everything, you know, but, like, he, he knows there's, like, somebody's behind it. There's some, yeah. you know, some shit having to do with his recruitment. Well, and, too, like, the mom's trying to ask, like, how was the trip, and, like, 
he didn't even get to like see the campus or anything no. really just the field the football stadium but like so he has to like lie to them and be like oh yeah they have a great medical school <laughs> like that's yeah. all he ever talks about is what oh, it's weird he always talks school. about pre-med program pre-med. yeah it's just like but they never talk about him wanting to go and be a doctor or yeah so it's like why does it even matter yeah i guess you're just supposed to assume that's what he wants to do <laughs> yeah but yeah like i think it kind of seemed like this time is the time where he kind of realized, like, oh, like, shit's not on the up and up here. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know. Like, because the way he had to lie to his mom. Yeah, like, I think Anthony Michael Hall's really good in this movie. Like, there's... There, like, this is the weird part you're... You were yeah, talking. where he goes to see Uma. She works um, at the meat counter at the local grocery store or whatever. And she's like, how are the girls? What was her name? Blah, blah, blah. And he just, like... I don't know, it just gets awkward. He's she, like, what? Yeah, she she throws a raw chick at him. He, well, he tries to joke it off, saying, like, oh, they they were all fat and ugly, and, like, you know what I mean? But she's just she's just jealous. I think she's just pissed because, like, she said, like, he was supposed to stay home and go to school with her. Yeah. But it's just, like... like it, but she just, like, makes the assumption that, like, yeah. they were, you know... I don't know. Like, I didn't really like that either. I was kind of like, well, damn, like why are you getting so weird like <laughs> well like i understand there's like such a small percentage of even the best high school full football players go pro but there that is one thing i was kind of missing like like did he really have the goal or whatever of like going to the pros because like if you do want to make it to the pros like you know like you kind of have to go to the right school for that to be yeah. seen on a national stage you know yeah and like she keeps saying like the state university and all that shit it's just yeah. kind of like a generic university where they live but like yeah it's like that shit really wouldn't cut it if you were trying to be going in the nfl i like the what he says on this part i can't tell what he said but I remember when he said it, I was like, that's an interesting grown-up line to say for a high school student. Yeah. <laughs> Just about relationships being hard or whatever. I like this, too. Like, 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 I really like the setting, the small town of this. Like, I like how, like, they come out of this one store and it just shows them, like, walking across, like, the little, like, uh... Mainstream. like town square or whatever it is. Yeah. Like, with the little park. Like, it's... And it's, like, a real place. It's not, like, a back lot or anything. Yeah. But I like they they go and just like look around to see if anything familiar because I don't know, I know. There's something about it that seems so familiar. It looks really like Kansas or somewhere though. Farmer State Bank. Yeah, but it's kind of funny though because like they go and get haircuts. And look, then... the recruiters are out there too. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> like they're getting their haircut and like the coach was in there. He had a towel over his face and he's like <laughs> he's like you made me look like a jerk. You didn't show up and all that. And then they're like, he's not going there, like, you know, like, not just to help you get a job. I don't know if it's just, like, the way, like, film just looked or whatever, but I can't believe how vibrantly colored everybody's face looks. Yeah. Like, the eyes and, like, everybody's mouth, like, Uma's mouth, too, it was, like, yeah. it was pretty pink, like, in yeah. color, like, and it, it doesn't really look like, you know, she had any makeup on really no and like of course robert Downey jr isn't walking around with lipstick but like it's just so cool how like alive the people <laughs> i know like i mean i i've complained about it 
many times on this podcast <laughs> and I'm sure it's just one of those things everybody's tired of hearing in general <clears throat> but like we just lost so much when movies went from being on film to digital because yeah. like the lighting and the colors and like I would even say like the detail because like you can just... see like every strand in his eyebrows like yeah the grandpa yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's just, and look, you can see how the hat, the bill of a hat is like that um, <clears throat> felt, felt material. Yeah. Like, that's so crazy. Like, I don't yeah. notice stuff like that in movies now. Like, I don't, I don't really see those things when I watch movies now. It's really weird, too, because I, you know, there's different film stocks and different ways of, but I always hear, well, not everybody, of course, but some people, they, they love all this digital shit and they always complain about film grain. And I'm like, yeah, there's always, like, that little bit of graininess to film, but it's just so much richer looking compared but, to like, digital. That's such a weird thing to complain about because I'm saying the opposite. I'm talking about how detailed everything mm-hmm. looks and, like, what people notice is film grain. <laughs> it's yeah. like, what? Like, I don't even, like, I mean, I know it's there. I see it. Yeah. But I don't, I'm not noticing that. I'm looking at everything else. Like, look how green the tree on the right looks. Right. It's so, like, pretty. And it's not even, like, all one color of green. It was, like, some of it was light, some right. of it was dark. Like, it's just, like, I notice things like that in movies. Like, when I'm watching a movie, I look at the backgrounds of things. Like, in old, in, like, the, a lot of the movies you show me, because, you know, you, yeah. with you, I watch a lot of older movies. When I'm when we're watching like newer movies, I don't look at backgrounds like that. I don't. I'm just watching with the people. Like I don't. Any when I'm watching the people, I'm not looking at like the deepness of the color in their eyes yeah. or anything. I'm just watching the movie and like what's happening. Well, to me, like yeah, I mean, there's like a whole thing without going too deep into it. But like when you actually, you know, there's like a photochemical process with film. But when you're actually capturing the gradations in camera as opposed to when you shoot digital and then you color correct it like when you color correct it and you push the color um like look at the lawn like all the way across Mm -hmm. it the parts where it's dark and where Mm -hmm. the lights hit it like when you use film and you're not just sitting there like with a digital piece of video and then pumping up the thing like you can make it look more green with digital yeah but the thing is is like you're not gonna have that variation because you're just basically using a computer program to change the color yeah whereas like if you're actually filming all the different colors for real like you're gonna you're gonna get a better like spectrum there yeah but it's just like yeah it's like i don't know like like when we watch movies like that like when we watched fade to black a couple years ago not a couple years ago a couple months ago (laughs) That scene where he was in the diner with the girls, mm-hmm. and it was just such a like it was a it was just a dialogue scene, but the yeah. way the light was coming through the window and yeah. how they looked, I was like, there's just something about it. There's just a lushness to it. Like even here, like in this house, like where look at the trees in the yeah. background, like, and it's. I mean, I guess there's a lot to say for cinematography as well. It's not just the film, you no, know? Yeah. because it's like yeah. they're setting up and the people who dress the sets, like they're setting everything up specifically a certain way to make it look a certain way on camera yeah so i mean it's also you know the credit goes to them too but it's just i don't know i guess oh what i'm saying is movies look better back Maybe. in the day but, uh, here, here here we have this wacky pizza <laughs> then, that's the end of that conversation <laughs> yeah this wacky pizza delivery guy here oh my god played by john hawks in an early role and uh, i always thought he oh, was like god. a texas actor you think he was really punching that no nah, i think he was like <laughs> you know pulling his punch there 
But yeah, they have like 30 pizzas delivered to the coach's house. They have some Harry Krishners for some reason. They have a... Um, Harry Krishners. I, I think that's what they're supposed to be. They, they have an elephant. They Yeah, they bring an elephant. Yeah. And then there's a stripper. A male stripper <laughs> interrupting the wife's dinner party. And I like how they're playing with the chihuahuas holding them up. And then an exterminator guy comes with like some giant gun of like foamy shit. And the coach like... He wants the Harry Krishners a stripper out of his house, so he blows all this foam on them. But meanwhile, he's just trashing his own house. Like it's like, like I like I don't know what that shit would do. Probably eat a hole in your couch or whatever. But again, just more wacky hijinks. Oh my god! And like, I guess the Harry Krishners brought a chicken into his house. <laughs> but yeah. Somehow a chicken got in the house. <laughs> but I was wondering though, like I should have. Well, I mean, I couldn't. The Wikipedia didn't have it, but I, maybe they did film this like in Texas because I'm pretty sure John Hawks was like originally just acting in movies in Texas before mm. he finally came to LA. Do you think they purposely put that pepperoni in the middle of his face, or do you oh, think yeah. it actually like got yeah. stuck from when like shoved it in his? Face? No, I think they did just to be wacky. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It was so gross looking. Yeah, but here Johnny is um, going to go to the state university to talk to the fo- the football coach, who's who's actually I thought this was actually I was wrong. This is the fourth member of the cast of uh, To Live and Die LA in this movie. This is Steve James, mm-hmm. who's really known as a martial arts expert. He was he co-starred oh, really? in all, yeah he co-starred in all the uh, American Ninja movies with wow. Michael Dudikoff. Like he kind of actually even took him over a little bit more when Dudikoff left. I think. Mm-hmm. But uh, he was in To Live and Die in L.A. too. He played one of the gangsters in it. That's interesting. But this guy, like, I don't know if he was a former football player or what, or if he's just in the martial arts, but, like, this guy had such a physical presence in his films. Like, <laughs> even in this scene where he's, he's just very sit- distinctive. Yeah, his, like, his voice and, like, the way he's just sitting behind the desk. Like, yeah. he's, he was a good actor. Um, he's black excellence. He is. Like, for reals, though. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, like like it's it's kind of a good scene because basically he says to the coach like you know, like I want to know like what's here you know what kind of deal are you handing out what will you give me what you know and like the coach pretty much tells him like we don't give deals we don't pay you under the table we don't break any of these rules you know that NCAA has he's like we'll give you a scholarship and you know room and board and food and like that's it you know. And he he, he kind of warns Johnny, too. And I thought this was good. Mm-hmm. He kind of warns him, like, kids like you going around with your handout, you know, like, you get involved with these people. Because that's, that's another thing, too, is, like, there's all kinds of stories of shit going wrong, too. Because uh, these people, they, they feel like they own you once you take that money and shit. Yeah. And, um... Well, and Johnny's trying to tell him, like, well, that's why nobody comes here. Because everybody expects something. You gotta give something. Yeah. He's like, that's the way it works. Yeah. And the he, the guy's like, okay, bye. <laughs> well, he, yeah. Basically, he, he tells he like, tells nope. him like, like you could just end up, you know, getting more than what you're bargaining for here. Like, he pretty much tells him you're playing with fire, get involved with all these sleazy people, you know. Yeah. But uh, yeah, like I kind of wish there was like more shit like this in the movie because, like, yeah, like yeah, I get you kind of have to have the the funny parts or the comedic parts to you know kind of hold the attention of like a young audience like i assume they probably thought a lot of teenagers were going to go see this movie but um but yeah it's kind of the more serious one yeah we got to talk about uma's pajamas here (laughs) her long johns she has long johns in and they legit have like the pooper flap in the back like she has a button-up ass crack on her 
Like, Why did she put her slippers? <laughs> yeah, she like jammed her slippers in like her wardrobe, like in between her dressing gowns. She has a puppet on the on the wall. Yeah, there's a ventriloquist <laughs> dummy. Like, like that's how you know, like you know, she got a long oh horn skull. <laughs> yeah, Johnny was in her bed, uh, naked, pretty much naked, hiding the covers. <laughs> and she's all screaming stuff, and she's like, "Oh, my dad sleeps with his gun down the hall, and all this." And he doesn't talk. <laughs> yeah. But I think this was, like, the only scene where, like, they're really, like, oh, we're, like, we gotta show off Uma's body here. Let's put her in the skin-tight, uh, old-timey fucking... <laughs> it was weird. Yeah, it is weird. <laughs> Especially because it's, like, the rest of the movie, or at least, like, where Ew. they live, it, it doesn't seem, like, really, like, you know, like, cold time. Like, it's, it's not really, like, winter or whatever. Yeah. Because, <laughs> uh... I'm sure. I'm well, sure. it should be autumn because it was yeah. at the end of the football season. Yeah, but like ours would always like the state championship where we lived would always be like around like Thanksgiving time. Yeah. So if they live in like a you know kind of more temperate climate, it might. I don't still remember be where they bomb. said they lived. I yeah, I don't know if they really did like ever really specify. I thought they said California at one time, but. Really? I don't know. I might be wrong. I don't remember. I thought I, re- thought I remember something yeah. like that. So yeah, he's trying to win her back here to get her to stop being so jealous or whatever. Even though he never did anything wrong. <laughs> yeah, he never did anything wrong. But you know, these small town girls, you gotta sacrifice everything to keep them happy. I guess it's funny because like I don't see him as being like a hunky lead guy, but like yeah. I thought she did pretty good as like the little bashful, you know. Yeah lead female like especially that open that first scene that she was in where she was like talking to him in front of the school yeah like she was so like cute and flirty in that scene yeah yeah Downey and and Anthony Michael Hall are like beating the shit out of each other they're like play (laughs) fighting but like they're like literally punching each other and like throwing each other against the walls of the house and Chris, Chris Downey Jr. threatens suicide with the dart gun here. I remember I always had these. You always pulled the little thing right here. I guess I had a rubber band inside, and you shoot the little dart out. He is so ridiculously silly in this movie. Yeah, and it's like, you can't even understand what he's saying half the time. He's just like, <laughs> saying all this weird shit. It was like an easy paycheck for him. Yeah. If he got paid. Yeah. There's the uh, L.A. school. Yeah. It's the UC- fake, fake USC. Yeah, UCC, which I they never say what it stands for, but I guess it's just University of uh, California something. But it's a, it's with the school's colors and everything, it's clearly modeled after USC. And then, like, yeah, he's, he gets off the plane and... Um, <laughs> he looks funny the way he's looking at him. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And, like, he's got his hair, like, all did up, which he never wears the rest of the movie, so, like, he's already <laughs> trying to be, more, like, more spiffy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, like, they have, like, I don't know, what do you, what do you call this, the drill team or whatever? Yeah, it looks like a drill team. Yeah, like, they're all at the airport. It's, like, he gets, like, a full marching band, like, welcome pretty much here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this is the uh, last member of uh, the To Live and Die in LA cast, John, the awesome John Pankow. Uh, <laughs> you guys might also know him from Monkey Shines. He was awesome in that, too. Um, Wasn't he the brother in Ellen? Yeah, I was gonna say I knew. Oh, not he... Ellen. Um, Mad about you. I think it was Mad about you. Yeah, I, I was gonna say I knew Ellen. he was on a sitcom too, but I couldn't remember which one. That's what I know him from. <laughs> yeah, he's drinking. The, I think it's a little Perrier. They're yeah. driving in the Mercedes, and he's talking on, on the car, car phone. phone. <laughs> that was the most Hollywood thing you could do in movies back then. Was have a car phone. Was this guy actually somebody? 
Yeah, so I was going to say, this is like kind of like the big main, uh, besides obviously Howard Cursell, this is the other big cameo. This Jim McMahon, they show him, they go to, a, they take Johnny to the set of an Adidas commercial. And like, yeah, this he, this would have been right at the end of his, his best run, which was with the Chicago Bears. Mm. Like, he, like this dude was like such a big deal, you don't even know. And it was all about the hair, and he always wore He that, looks really familiar. Yeah, the headbands and stuff. And then he played a little bit after that. And, um... I think with the Chargers and a couple other, I think the Eagles, he he was a backup there. But yeah, like he was kind of like the big hot shit quarterback for a little bit, or one of them, like one of the, I'd say one of the top five for probably like a good five years in the 80s. He's so young looking. Yeah. Um, I think, I mean, they probably shot this like 87 or something like that, so he was still with the Bears. I think he played with the Bears, I think from 84 to 88, something like that. Hmm. So he's still... Probably, I mean, he still had years left to play because he played, like, kind of toward the early to mid-90s. But, uh, yeah, probably his best years, like, uh, was, like, when he went to the Super Bowl with the Bears and stuff a couple years before this. But uh, It's funny how he's like, oh, do you think he wore his hair because he knew I was going to wear my hair like this? Yeah. Which is, like... <laughs> that was it, such a weird thing to yeah, say. Yeah, it was, like, it's like, dude, it's, it's... Fucking Jim McMahon always wore his hair like that. Like... <laughs> Yeah, Downey Seniors on the set of this commercial. Now this is kind of the best joke here. I think <laughs> they, they like he's telling them like, oh, you know, we got the best training facility and everything here. And he takes it. There's there's literally like this like little counter <laughs> neon. Yeah, neon signs. Pharmacy, pain reliever, steroids. <laughs> yeah, pharmacy, steroids, and pain relievers. And then of course the way they filmed it, you didn't see steroids until yeah the last. <laughs> Pan of the shots. <laughs> and he tells him, Johnny, don't worry, we use the finest steroids here. It's like, oh, really? Okay, that makes me feel better. Yeah, and then, like, all these guys, you know. And women. Yeah, there's a woman, too, all buff. There's two of them. They're all working out here. <laughs> oh, there's yeah. a few of them. Because, you know, there's, there's a, what do you call it, feet and women's sports, too, at every college. But, uh, but it looks like this is, like, the football facility. So yeah, it it's does. It's just weird that there were females there. There's, like, giant saunas and stuff there. And tanning beds. I thought this was funny, too, the tanning Yeah, I didn't beds. get this part. I didn't get what... He's the guy who's pretending to be the... the Yeah, the, like, the technician or whatever. And then they're just, like, standing there. I didn't... I thought that was so weird. <laughs> yeah, I think that was just, like, a dig at, like, the Hollywood thing. You know, like, a tanning bed would be, like, a big deal. Oh, yeah. Yeah, here's old tech shows up back at his house... To say, you know, has he made you know, pressure and has he made up his mind? Whatever he tells the grandpa, like, you know, you know, like we're gonna cancel that order. It turns out, text placed that order for all the fishing lures, which you know, that's how it goes with these sleazy yeah, people. That's how he, the grandpa, discovers it. Yeah, he gets sad. Yeah, he gets really sad too. And I'm like, did you really think everybody, like, because I mean, the whole family was chipping in, the kids, everybody was trying to make them shitty things. Well, it's just because. He, uh, Johnny's not telling them what it's really like, yeah. like what they offer and what they do. So he, I mean, you know, I don't know. You wouldn't assume that a college recruiter person buys like thousands of yeah. fishing lures from you. And I mean, it's not like they told him either. Yeah. Like, it was like, you know. Yeah. All right, he's back from UCC. Yeah, apparently. This, is, this is kind of the thing I always oh, remember God. from this movie. He comes back. But his hair's, like, all flat again. Like, that's why I almost think, like, the Jim McMahon <laughs> thing was, like, a thing they shot, like, later or something. Yeah. But, like, he comes back. He's, like, in this weird, like, almost, like, this was before MC Hammer, obviously. But it's almost <laughs> like a weird MC Hammer Prince outfit. Like, these these kind of, like, 
purple pants and his purple and gold uh, sequin jacket and all these gold chains on. And his friend conveniently has a new Jeep now. Yeah, so Robert Downey Jr. has like a really nice Jeep and a Jeep Wrangler. And he's like, oh, where'd you get this car? He's like, oh, my dad gave it to me. And he's like, okay. like. No, he's like, I thought you didn't get along with your dad. <laughs> yeah, he's like, oh, we, we had breakfast and we worked it out. Yeah. And it's like just so obvious that like there's some more shit. I know? totally didn't catch on to it. Like, I just didn't even like think that's what it was. Yeah. I mean, I didn't think, well, I don't know, I didn't. They don't really talk about him or his family life, so I was like, yeah. okay, I guess he, that's what happened. Yeah, they did, well, like, in the early scene, the beginning of the movie, like, the the little sister asked Robert Downey Jr., how come you never eat at your house? And, like, he doesn't really say anything. Yeah. But it's just, like, you kind of just get the feeling that, you know. See, like, the co- or the, the cop here, yeah. he, he doesn't have those weird scratches on his face anymore, so, yeah. like, I think there was, like, a deleted scene where, like, he was supposed to get in trouble. Probably got into an accident or something. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, like Uma is uh you know whatever about his his uh <laughs> prince. I always remember this part too for some reason where he's walking down the street and he starts shucking and jiving, a little <laughs> dancing and all that kind of shit. And then like I think it's funny too though cuz it's oh like yeah, his little brother shows up on the bike and he's like he's like, "Oh, you dress like Prince's mom or something." <laughs> But it's just, like, he walks in the door, and, like, you would have think he, like, came in in, like, women's lingerie or something. Like, his family is so, like, <laughs> we don't recognize you anymore. Just because, I mean, he's, like, whatever, an 18-year-old kid, you know? It's, like, he's got some goofy clothes on. It's, like, big deal. It's because he's dressed out of character. Like, who are you? We don't know who you are anymore. You're dressed and like... he's acting so weird. Yeah. <laughs> and then the whole house is covered in the fishing lures they were trying to make. No, it's just mostly because they discovered, you know, yeah, the truth about the lures. It's not because of how he's dressed. But, like, I guess they, like, made thousands of them and now nobody yeah. wants to buy them or whatever. Yeah. I just thought it was a little weird that, like, the mom was, like, catching on, like, now. Because he, the last two visits are the only two times that he came home dressed weird. Yeah. So, I mean, the other times he came home normal. Yeah. Which, like, if he if he didn't buy him, if somebody gave him to him, like, that actually would be, like, a violation if they gave him jewelries and clothes. I mean, they gave him the Adidas jacket at the commercial shoot or whatever. And that's why the guy documented it on the recorder. Yeah. He starts, you start noticing that every time he shows up, he's... He's actually documenting everything that he's accepting and that he's all the stuff he's being given. Yeah. And he was just watching Putney Swope just for the fun of it. There was really nothing going on <laughs> at that part of the movie. Yeah, I don't know what what he would be being offered at that time in a, at a drive-in at night yeah, with by his a recruiter. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why he was watching him then. But, I guess but. if they gotta watch you, they gotta watch you, though. Yeah. Because they could try and come to you at the drive-in. Yeah. <laughs> could try to buy you popcorn. <laughs> He's so sad. I wish drive-ins were still a thing. Like, it's kind of shocking that drive-ins died out as early as they did, too. Like, I get they're a big 1940s and 50s thing, but, like, they were pretty much dying out by the early 80s, even. Well, that's what happened when the, uh... Economy, everybody's got to work. It's like that, yeah, it's like that thing of, um, 
like the new way of doing shit. I think it's like home video probably killed the drive-ins for good, honestly. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Murph's Better Burger. Yeah. So this is where the movie starts getting into like some really like weird territory here. <laughs> so like they go to like whatever this little restaurant, you know, little drive-in place. And like they're getting ready to pull up, probably get something to eat or whatever. But then like in a second here, like these girls are going to show up. And like a IROC Z28, and they're like, "Hey, we're new in town, and we never had sex. Like, can you help us?" And then like they follow them to a motel. Like, it's just so funny. It's just like such an obvious setup. Like, I can't believe they even fell for it. And it's funny that like, I mean, Robert Downey Jr. goes for obvious reasons, but yeah. um, Johnny is going just so he could go talk somebody's ear off. Yeah. It's kind of it's kind of funny because like he's like he's still kind of like like they kind of made up but like he's still kind of like a little bit on the whatever outs with Uma I guess. Yeah. Is it just me or does that Jeep like look way better than the ones they have now? <laughs> Probably. Yeah, they go to the Notel Motel. <laughs> this is like pure like back to school weird science era Robert Downey Jr. here. He's got two girls in bed, and he's just talking their ear off, telling these bullshit. Like, this is one of the scenes I was talking about where he's just saying some shit, and, like, you don't even understand, like, what he's saying. Yeah. He just, I forget what he says, but he's just like, oh, there. And then Johnny's just sitting at the table. That is weird how, like, shitty hotel rooms always have that little table by the window. And then every time they go to go back to Robert Downey Jr., he's missing a piece of clothing. <laughs> yeah. Which they never, they never say, but, like, are we supposed to, like... Get the whatever that the girls are taking his clothes off, or like, I don't know. I think he's just doing it. Yeah, in the middle of the conversation. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, and these girls like they got the pure pure eighties hair going on. <laughs> but uh, so does he. <laughs> yeah, he does too. Which like I wouldn't doubt because it's such a wacky role. But I, we're watching this, so like, he was in Less Than Zero, which was kind of like his big dramatic breakout. Uh, She's bored. <laughs> which was like 87, and then this came out in 88. I wonder if they filmed this first or like what, because it's like, it's like, yeah, like he, he kind of became like a serious actor after that and started doing leads and everything. <laughs> yeah, he's he's got this, oh, he's got the one girl on a head, which by the way, like I noticed it during the, the, the whatever celebration, he had a cheerleader in the shower and a headlock too. A, f- and, a full Nelson. Yeah, full Nelson. And the, the one girl goes, let her go already. It's been an hour. And it's so weird how he grabs her and then he grabs her hand. Yeah. <laughs> They're just like holding hands. Yeah, it's really weird. It's so awkward. She's yeah. like, can we just do it already? Yeah, this girl's like, can we just have like, sex? What? And then he realize, yeah, Johnny realizes something's wrong. And then all of a sudden, uh, all of a sudden the cops show up. <laughs> and then like, it's so hilarious. Like, the girls are all fully Ray, dressed. Ray. They rip their sh- they rip their shirts completely off, like their <laughs> boobs hanging out, everything, and they just start screaming, "Rape, rape, rape!" <laughs> Look at Robert Downey Yeah, what is his name? The character? I can't I forget. Re- I can't yeah. remember. Oh my god! So yeah, so so him and Johnny are in the slammer, and like it's all these like I don't know, kind of nefarious dudes. This guy with no shirt. Yeah, yeah. Got, like, no, he doesn't even have clothes. Yeah, he was just in his underwear. <laughs> it's funny too because like in his underwear and like his giant ass Adidas like uh, <laughs> high tops, 
Which I, which I didn't think about it, but apparently Adidas had to be a sponsor of this movie. Because like, they're like the only brand of shit you see in this. <laughs> the only sports brand. So this is like the part, like you clearly know, obviously this was a setup what happened to them or whatever. But uh, Robert Downey Jr. tells him like, you know, why don't you, um, you know, just make a call, um, you know, like... Like, you know, we can get out of this, you know, just one of the schools or whatever. I forget which one he says, but, like, it's, like, you, like, at this point I was wondering, like, if Robert Downey Jr. was, like, in on it, too, or what. He says UCC, because that was the one that they told them, the person from UCC convinced him to go to the school to visit. Yeah. Because that's what he says, you set me up, he was like, well, they... They just, he said, I didn't set you up, I just convinced you to go, or whatever. Yeah. But, but um, I thought that part was sad, because, like, even yeah. his friend, like... Because, again, we don't have the captions. Like, was that the, the part where he admitted that they, the school gave him the Jeep, too? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, that's what he said, you set me up. And then, like, yeah, here comes the, uh, <laughs> like, their high school coach who wants him to go to Piermont. And he's he's just like, oh, you know. He, like, basically tells him, like, come to school and we can make this go away if not. And it's kind of weird, too, because it's like, then it just cuts to, like, this is over. Like, they're out of jail or whatever because they need to go, you know. Like, I get, because I, I was wondering, like, did did Johnny really ever tell the coach that he was going with him to Piermount, you know? No. I mean, he did, but, like, when they were at the drive-in, he said, yeah, I'll be there. But to, for the visit... But he never told him he was going, like, for sure. But, like, clearly here is, like, um, the coach is saying, like, I'll get you out if you go. Yeah. He's not going to get... Because, like, Downey Jr. is like, hey, bail us out right now. And he's like, no, no, no. He's like, you know. So now we we just cut to, like, National Signing Day. (laughs) And, uh, like, they're doing it at Johnny's school. And, um, yeah, like, like they kind of up the ante, too, because it's like... I like how everybody's just going through that one door. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, there, the other one. (laughs) Finally. <laughs> I think his mom was going in the other door. But, um, yeah, and, like, they show, like, it's not, like, ESPN, but it's, like, ESPN-type reporters explaining what's going on, that they're all going to do the let, signing the letters of intent. Which, by the way, even if you sign, it's kind of funny that National Signing Day is always a big deal, but, like, it really doesn't mean anything. Because even if you sign the letter of intent, you can still get out of it if you change your mind. It's ceremonial. Yeah. But, like, old text and, like, all the different people, the guy from UCC's there. I would say that window's pretty cool with the flags. Yeah, like it's like it's like stained glass type. Like they they did tiles to make the gym mm-hmm. windows look like a big American flag. But yeah, and again, the coach is he's in his finest leisure suit, which has <laughs> like been out of style for probably fifteen years at this point. Mm-hmm. But uh, he don't care. He thinks he looks good. But yeah, like he comes up and like. I thought this was interesting too that like they showed that like oh because everybody wants to go where Johnny's going. You know, also, like, you know, all those guys that he he met down in Texas, the top recruits, they're all coming along, too. <laughs> yeah. Which, like, if they would have done that, like, at any school, like, they probably would have built, like, a super team, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they kind of make it seem like yeah, they, they did, he did agree after all to go to Piermont since yeah. he got out of the jail. So, like, yeah, so they bring Johnny up to talk and he explains that, you know... He basically gives his redemption speech that he realizes he got <laughs> carried away and was doing all this weird stuff and, you know, it's not what he wanted. And, um, you know, he, he tells him that, um, 
he's not going to uh, Paramount with them, and then that that's when just all hell's going to break loose here in a second. <laughs> yeah. What? But he's saying it unbeknownst to the coach. Yeah, the coach doesn't know what he's about to say. Yeah. He thinks he's just going along for the announcement that he's going to Piermont. Which like you kinda you you kinda know like that that the uh the movie's like headed at this place, you know, like with like where everything he's saying. Uh kinda talking about how corrupt and crazy everything is. I have to say I didn't expect it when he said it. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't think that's what he was gonna say. But like, but like, it's 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 like uh, I'd say it's pretty satisfying, really. Yeah. Like, it kind of sums up the movie and like the whole point of kind of making the movie. Yeah. Yeah, and then everybody's like, "Hey, if Johnny doesn't go there, we're not going there either." Hmm. And then like, Seymour Cassell tries to jump up and be like, "Oh, well, you, you all have to go." <laughs> and then this is what Downey Senior finally. Or again, you have to understand this is very kind of shaky movie logic, but. He gets on the microphone and tells that he's been doing this investigation for the NCAA and uh, expose all this corruption and even that they set the set uh, Johnny up for rape charges. So, like, you didn't know for sure, but, yeah, the rape thing was a setup. And it was actually done by his, his coach in Piermont yeah. to get him, force him to go there. Yeah. But, I mean, obviously, as a viewer, you you knew something was wrong there. So yeah, I think it was a good conclusion. And then it's all going to get crazy. Like, Pankow comes up, and then all the coaches start shoving. Like, you can't do this. You promised me, and blah, 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 all this shit. And then, like, it's kind of weird. Like, it's going to just devolve fully into a... Um, <laughs> like, like, yeah, Pankow tries to punch the one coach, and he punches, like, this giant dude, and they start brawling. It's a pretty good deal when he picks the guy up over his head and throws him. <laughs> oh. But, uh... <laughs> Yeah, the next thing you know, like the whole gymnasium's all punching Dang. each other. Even that ladies punch people. <laughs> all the coaches are beating everybody each other up. It's, Sheesh! It's, oh my god! Yeah, this this dude, the ball guy, he just like, kicks everybody in the nuts. Those two women are attacking that guy. Yeah. Oh my god! He's gonna drop him on his head. <laughs> and of course, Uma and Robert Downey Jr. are there. The the crew is still intact. They're not going anywhere. <laughs> this ragtag trio yeah and it's kind of funny too because it's like yeah like no yeah <laughs> and then the, the the coach is running after him and then the grandpa comes out and hits him <laughs> with a chair that's pretty good and he says i never liked that guy <laughs> yeah so he, here we see you know johnny he's kind of learned the air of his ways and he goes back to the state coach uh Steve James and uh, tells him, you know, he like no, you know, no funny stuff. He just wants to, you know, play football and go to school and you know follow the rules and everything. So it's so weird the way he's dressed was just like the t-shirt and like the kind of bell bottomy jeans and the skinny soccer shoes. I feel like I've like known so many people in my lifetime who dress like that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like that so was, many guys. <laughs> that was pretty much a thing for like decades, really. That's funny. I'd say two decades, really. He says, I want an education. Yeah. And then the movie kind of just, like, abruptly ends, but not really. <laughs> and, like, I thought that was weird. Like, like all the wrap-up of what happened to, like, all the people, all the characters, like, they just play it underneath the credits. It's like... <laughs> and then plus two, you, you get to rock out to everything. 
Like, like first you have this this scene where like him and uh, Steve James are shaking hands and shaking on the deal, <laughs> and then you get to hear I think it's Chuck Berry's Johnny B. Good play where he comes out of the school building and going to the convertible with the Uma and Downey Jr. And and like you noticed it too, but like when he pulls away, Downey Jr. is kind of sitting on the back oh of the car. God. He like almost <laughs> falls out. He's so silly. <laughs> But, like, they're dressed so summery, though. Like, that's what's weird. It's yeah. like, And this should be, like, you know, if not late fall, early uh, winter. It is weird. Yeah. And then kind of, like, once they drive off and that's yeah. in the movie, then it goes from... Kind of bizarrely, you just played... Everybody the, in this movie drove, like, crazy. <laughs> yeah. Like, they pedaled them out. Like, they always yeah. peeled out when, yeah. like, they start the car. Yeah, I, did, I noticed that, too. <laughs> But yeah, you go from uh, one version of Johnny B. Good to um, the, uh, what turned out to be the Judas Priest version. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, they kind of go back to the montage of him playing the drums and uh, watching the football highlights. And then like, intersped in that, they, they start cutting in the um, the clips of what, ha- like the aftermath of like what happened to everybody in it. <laughs> um, uh Howard Cosell makes another appearance, of course. <laughs> Unfortunately, still just as shaky. Poor guy. No, stop talking about that. <laughs> it just makes it's me sad. sad. But yeah, like his old text. He texts and his wife, and then like uh, talking about basketball now. Since, yeah, since they can't do football. Yeah, like their school got <laughs> you know penalized. Oh, that's say Robert Downey Senior. Yeah, their school got penalized for the you know thing. So he's like, oh, you know, there's basketball season. We can try and get good in that. And then, um, uh, Pankow, like, he's been banned from, from any contact with the UCC. He's getting a full body cast, but he's still doing deals. Downey Jr. gets his, uh, his Jeep repossessed. And then, like, last but not least, the best part is, like, the, um, for the framing of the rape and shit, the, the, uh, Paul Gleason, his high school coach, is now in jail. <laughs> He's screaming, oh, this is unfair, whatever. <laughs> yeah, and Piermont got sanctioned as well. So, yeah, I mean, not a perfect movie by any means, but, like, I think it's actually pretty good. Just kind of all that first act, a lot of silly shit that really kind of goes nowhere <laughs> for nothing. But, uh, but yeah, like, the the stuff I always remember of this was, like, all the crazy recruiting trips and the stuff. But, like, yeah. I think it still holds up pretty well for what it is. I mean, it's a very minor movie, but I still like it a lot. Yeah. What was your... Because you went into this movie completely cold. <laughs> I did. Because, like, like, the reason I wanted to watch it at this time, too, was um, we were supposed to have a Super Bowl with um, the Cincinnati Bengals playing the Philadelphia oh, yeah. Eagles, but the... Uh, yeah, the Yeah, the NFL stepped in and <laughs> was letting um, the Chiefs redo plays and... They know, deemed it unworthy. Yeah, blown away. So, like, they pretty... So, I was like, like, the Johnny B. Good character, especially when he dresses all crazy coming back from uh, UCC, reminds me of Joe Burrow <laughs> from the Bengals and all his weird uh, multicolored outfits and Joe Cool persona. So, I thought it'd be kind of fun and I was going to tie it in a lot to... Uh, you know, I was going to do a lot of jokes of, uh, you know, but the NFL screwed up. And I, like, I really just feel, I mean, obviously, like, the Bengals should have, should have went. Um, but uh, that would have been a more entertaining Super Bowl. Now they just get to see all the gimpy Chiefs get torn apart because they all got hurt in the game, too. 
So I really feel bad for just America now. We're going to have to get this terrible Super Bowl where, like, one team can't even really play because <laughs> they're all so hurt. But, uh, but yeah, like, it's still, it's, it's fun. Because, uh, like, I don't know, like, I, like, I'm not really about the sports movies that are all about the team that work together to win the championship. I don't really, like, those are fine and everything, but, like, I don't know, like, I like the ones that are more like this, that are about a story, like, about an athlete, and not really about, like, a team, per se. To me, this would have been a movie to watch in the fall, because it's a high school football movie. Yeah. That was when, uh, that was when it was on, like, Donkey Kong in high school for me. Yeah. (laughs) But, but, but actually, it's... Yeah, because it takes place after the season ends. Like it yeah. would, it would actually be more appropriate for this time period. Yeah, I guess so. Plus, the Super Bowl's coming up, which unfortunately it won't be Super Bowl anymore. It will just be a bowl. <laughs> but uh, a bowl of something inappropriate. <laughs> yeah. Oh, a, a bowl of beef stew. Let's, let's leave it like that. Hey, but, beef stew's good. <laughs> But uh, but yeah, so a bow donkey poo. <laughs> so every, every you know, if there's any Eagles fans, congratulations! I know the Super Bowl is not for another two weeks, but you guys already won. <laughs> um, you know, Chiefs fans, I'm sorry. Like the ref, the ref. So you know what kind of sucked too is like you think you think for for uh, pulling out that mission the way they did that the referees you think they would get something good but like i heard all they got was a six pack of miller high life and like they got one like they didn't even send them a hooker like the nfl sent them a fleshlight to share like how are like a whole referee crew going to share one fleshlight like that's that's not even a good payoff so i hope it was i hope it was worth it what is it a fleshlight what is that it's like a flashlight but like (laughs) i don't know like like some guy figured this out like you know the old uh, I think we used to buy them, like, the plastic flashlights, like, the Rayovax. And you know how, like, you unscrew it? And then, like, the double-D batteries yeah. go into it? Well, somebody, some some jackass realized that if you took the molds for a flashlight like that, the mm. old plastic flashlights, and you took the top part with the the um, the light bulb out mm. and, took, and, like, ripped out the guts and the wiring or whatever, and then, like, replaced that with, like, a mouth, then, then like, you, you could... Basically, oh basically jerk yourself off with it. Jeez. But you're supposed to really like fuck it, like it's like it's like a real thing. Yeah. But it's really like you know, it's, it's it's be like jerking off with a flashlight. That's why they call it a flashlight. Yeah. Even. And like shishers, like you can get them that look like a mouth. You can get them that look like a vagina. Obviously, I'm sure anus Sheishers. as well. I'm sorry, um, I, I knew I shouldn't have asked. But yeah. <laughs> But to ask a, 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 an officiating crew of grown men to share a flashlight, that's like, <laughs> like, I mean, come on. It's like not even worth it. Like, the oh time it would take gosh. to clean it out in between. Is, oh, like, TMI. But yeah, so I mean, that's it for Johnny Be Good. It's a real slap ass <laughs> sports movie. And on that note. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I, I recommend it highly, especially, you know, in like Downey Jr. and. Um, uh, Anthony Michael Hall, like, they stayed buddies for years, and, like, years later in the mid-90s, I think it was, like, maybe, like, 94, 96, something like that, Anthony Michael Hall directed this kind of bad movie, I think it was called, like, Hail Caesar or something, <laughs> and Robert Downey Jr. came back and did a favor and was in it, like, if you ever see it, it's, like, the most good, if you thought, if you thought they were improvising and goofing <laughs> around this movie, uh, that one's, like, pretty much unwatchable, but, like, yeah. Was he, was, uh, Anthony in that one? 
Yeah, he mm. he like he. I want to say it's like they're like a garage band but trying to make it. it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he directed and starred in it. Hmm. Um, when was it? Like mid nineties, hmm. like ninety four. It was like one of those movies that like. I think it might have even been kind of like made years before it came out and like mm. it came out just on video and it was like but if you watch it it's like hardly a movie at all it's like <laughs> weird but it, yeah I think this one is a good of just like if you want a good blend of a late 80s slap ass comedy a little bit of porkies a little bit of you know football drama and just goofiness you know and it's like, you know, this movie has... Tra- and you're not easily offended. Yeah. <laughs> but it's weird, though, because this movie's, like, really not, like, that raunchy. Like, the the little... Like, the girls at the strip club have pasties on. No, it, I just mean, like, in terms of, like, the language. Or yeah, whatever. but what I'm like, saying if is... if you care about that. <laughs> like, if they would have made this, like, like five years earlier, like, 1983, like, this would have been, like, wall-to-wall tits. Like, you know what I mean? It really didn't have that much... It was just like that, like you said, that whole beginning part was really, like, kind of... Goofy. <laughs> they blew mm-hmm. their load on, like, trying to rattle some gauges. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, yeah, the rest of it was... It was yeah. fine. Yeah, I like this movie a lot as a kid. I think it probably would have been about ten years old when I went oh to see my this. God, I can't. Believe and uh, <laughs> what? Hey, you I saw, should not be watching this at ten years old. Come I saw. On. Come on, I saw. Come on, I saw Blue Velvet when I was like yeah. seven oh or eight years old God. at the theater. Don't talk okay. to me about that movie. But um, but yeah, and like I always like I think probably my favorite part as a kid, like to me, like I was like impressed that the credits were, like, that montage of him playing drums and shit. Like, because, like, back then, like, there was no, like... I mean, there were some very rare, like, after-credit scenes, but they would be super short. Yeah. But there was, like... But the credits were always just, you know, the text over black scrolling. Yeah. So, like, the fact that, like, they kind of just kept the movie going and showing the montage of what happened to all the characters, like, I, that actually kind of impressed me as a kid, to be honest with you. <laughs> That's funny. Um, I still like it. It's, a, it's, it's, it's weird. It's, like, one of those things, like, you have, like, such a strong... Um, vivid memories of certain things and you don't even really know why <laughs> like i remember watching this movie at the theater at the good old my original home cinema the covedale cinema <laughs> in a beautiful uh covedale ohio but yeah so i mean that's it not much to say uh i'm glad you guys uh, joined us for this one trying to really trying to before this podcast uh winds down uh i don't know when that will be obviously uh but I mean, we're getting pretty long in the tooth here, going on whatever it is—seven years or whatever. Trying to really just me personally, trying to kind of slip in these gems that were like little, not really movies that are like well beloved or anything, but just ones that I personally remember as a kid. <laughs> I personally like so, like yeah, this was definitely one of them. So I I appreciate uh, you know the audience for indulging me and uh, letting me talk about Johnny B. Good and also you as well. <laughs> So like just what just to wrap up like what was just your general impression of this movie? Did you like it? Did you? you I thought know? it was okay. Like yeah. I feel like I wasn't the audience for it, but yeah. So I mean, I'm not I'm not gonna hate on it like at all because I you know <laughs> it wasn't meant for me. But I thought it was okay. Like I didn't. Yeah. I like I got like I felt sentimental for him and like just the situation he was going through and yeah. I liked in the end that he he ended up choosing quote-unquote the right decision yeah the good decision you know just going to school for education and 
doing things the right way and all that. So I appreciated that. Like, yeah, not trying to take short. Yeah. If it was me personally, I I just would have went to UCC. <laughs> oh God! Try try to make it to the NFL. But, Become a roid rage. Roid rage. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. So anyway, that's it, guys. Thanks. Uh, you know, football's coming to a close for a year. Hope you guys had a good football season. If you are a fan, even if you're not really a fan. Cause I'm not Good really luck that. To your team in the Super Bowl, if your team is going. Yeah. I guess. Yeah, if, <laughs> if you're an Eagles fan, congratulations. But any... my team puttered out. Yeah. One thousand times hard. So. Yeah. Old text <laughs> didn't get very far this year, did he? Ha ha ha. All right. So anyway, guys, thanks a lot for listening, and we'll catch you back next time in the movie graveyard.